0: Well, good morning and uh, welcome to each one. Um, I guess first, um, where'd she go? I don't see Rochelle. But I would just like to say, you know, she said, ah, it's not much, but little is much if God is in it. And any work for Him. That he calls us is is worth a lot in his eyes, and uh, so bless you as you go. Um, and uh, Bob and Andrew, it's so good to see you. Oh. I just want to say thank you for coming for Adriel and Lisa. You know, we we might think like a morning this morning, there's three of them going out and there's like six out there or whatever, and uh, um, it's encouraging, it's exciting, but yet we don't want to relax and just say, ah, we're alive and I trust that Jesus wouldn't write to us but you're dead you think you're alive but you're dead and uh, so let's stay focused that this is kingdom work it's for the kingdom it's for him it's not, yes, many times we grow, we gain by this but it's Let's stay focused, that it's always for God, for His kingdom. And uh, And I guess tying that into today with anger I guess there, it, it ties together that if we keep, fo- keep our focus on the kingdom. no matter what man may say you know we we can keep that right perspective where we won't react in a way that a kingdom man you know, shouldn't re- react I'll do a small recap you know we had just left what you might say the kingdom character the blesseds, who we are. It's our character who that's who we are, and that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now we're transitioning into what you might call the kingdom code. You know, this is who we are to be, not what we are to do, but who we are to be. Um, I wasn't going to go that or where, that place, but I'd, I feel the leading. I'm going. You know, Wednesday evening, we shared a little on modesty and all this, and I hope you've understood we don't want you in this box looking this right way. We want your being, the beauty coming from within Jesus Christ, within you that that beauty and knowing what he is see it takes that relationship with Jesus Christ that will bring us into modesty and it's not just clothes it is a modest in our possessions we don't have too much it's not see so many times we just focus on clothes that is i say it is important because we are called that the um say women pertaining the body is for the man for their husband so why do you want to show it off to other men but that's i'm not i'm not focusing on that i want to focus on the big thing of modesty what do we drive how does our houses look do we have to have the best does it are we modest I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then it's what I wanna get to is, this is your reasonable service. This is your modest lifestyle. Our lifestyle would be modest. That, I'm positive, I can talk, speak for all the pastors, that is our goal. Our goal is not to, for you to be pressured to perform. That's not where I want to go. And I don't want you getting into a box. And us pastors are not perfect, okay? I'm not. And not saying that we're always going to do everything right. I also want to challenge you. There's also a box on the other side where we can be in this box, and if church is not the way that I think church should be, I'm it's impossible to get me out of this box. You know, if that's why it's so good that it's four of us on the team. It'll get us each of us out of our boxes to where we agree and how we should go forward. If it just be one, It might just be in that box of what I see church should be and that's the direction we go. But then sometimes we as pastors may make decisions and it's out of your box. Let's be okay with that. However, on the other sense, we want to hear from you too. Let's be modest. Let's be reasonable in all areas of life. Anyway, I really wasn't going to go there because I don't want anybody being more angry. And how I taught last time was how Jesus came and He was, it's complete in Jesus Christ, the law. And He brought the ministry of love. I want to show you a little bit in one way. It's an update on Leanne, but I want you to just see the difference that Christ's love makes, even love, but Christ's love really makes a difference. This is when Cody came to JRM. This was the first day, and it was a long time that he Would not smile. He would show no emotions. He was totally emotionless. And uh, that is two months later. It's not as clear as what a real picture is. But he has lots of emotions now. So we'll go side by side. It's a different boy. And it's because of love that's the difference that Jesus makes and this is so cute those are the three that came that same time that's what love does they are so full of joy so full of life now I would just love to hug them maybe Christmas Think of all the other children that are still hurting, emotionless. They need the love of Jesus. What are we as a church doing? But we can, one at a time, we can make a difference. You see, if we miss the point that Jesus Christ came with the ministry of love, we're not going to understand his sermon. You see, if we love, we won't harbor anger and unresolved bitterness. Love won't allow you to do that. If we love God's love, we won't lust after another one. That'll be coming next. If I love my wife with God's love, I would never desire to look at another one and lust after her. It won't allow me. When I saw this as a minister of love, it just illuminated what Jesus is teaching If we love with God's love we won't lie. Our yes is yes and our no is no. We won't have to swear. And we'll love our enemies and we'll we'll do good to those who despitefully use us. And if we love Jesus Christ, with a pure love, we will not hide sin in our life. And I've, I've mentioned numerous times already. I know that's... It may get old that I share that over and over. But there's such a long time in my life that I was... I loved Jesus, I thought, to the best of my knowledge, but I was hiding sin. That doesn't go together. Where there is light, darkness must flee. It's just that simple. Oh, the love of my Savior had. Oh, the grace brought down to man. All the pain for me he bore so that I can live forevermore. Can we not love him? Is my life, is my flesh so precious that I can't sacrifice it for the love that Jesus showed to me to respond to that love and be drawn into that? Why do I have to be so proud that when something happens that doesn't go my way, I get angry? There's, there's a difference in your anger. There's a righteous anger and an unrighteous anger. We see how Jesus was angry at the temple, and he cleared the temple, but that was because it was violating God. It wasn't violating me. It's when it violates God. However, we respond in a godly manner then. I've got a, little, a couple little quotes that are kind of cute that we'll be getting to. You see, it says, the scriptures say that anger, but sin not. See, anger is your emotion. Then it's what you do with it. It's how you react. Reacting, not acting upon your anger, but reacting is sin. When we react negatively. So if that's where we're living, ultimately, we're really an enemy of God. James 4, 4 to 10 then. I've got to split. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So then he gives the instructions. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a promise, but we need to resist him. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Good promises here. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. What a promise. This is where true joy is then. This is where the fun begins. The true fun. Because I can be right here in this scripture and I can be playing softball. We can have fun. But it's the good fun. It's not the... um, How do you want to call it? The flesh-pleasing fun. It's we're together, connecting with each other, just having fun and building each other up, encouraging each other. Living in sin is pride. We're puffed up against Almighty God. So if we're living in anger, in our, um, if we're living in anger, we're an angry person, Yeah, we're puffed up against the mighty God. Micah gives us instructions that what God requires, we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. So let's get into today's text. Enough on that. However, I wanted to make sure you realize that responding in anger is sin. It's just and it's sin is awful. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time. That's the way he's he's, when he says that he's referring back to the law, "Thou shalt not kill," and whosoever shall kill, shall be in danger of the judgment. And what this judgment? See, they knew what was going to happen. If it was premeditated murder, it was stoning. By the way, anger and resentment. In your heart is premeditated murder. The judgment is already cast. But I say it to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. You see, he's going from the fruit... To the root He's go, he, wherever whenever Jesus is saying this he's, he's raising the bar like I said before but I say unto you it's up here he goes to the root of the problem that's your heart he's not so concerned about the fruit as the root so therefore if this is where your heart is if you bring thy gift to the altar, if if you're doing this and, and you're harboring anger, and if you bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that thy brother hath aught against thee, has he wronged you? Or maybe you know that somebody, you've hurt somebody. Leave thy gift there, leave thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come. And offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. You see, I thought it was in the notes right there. Anyway, back in Bible times, when they gave their sacrifices, that was how they worshipped. That was their worship. So may I paraphrase it or whatever. If you come to offer your worship and you know that you have an ought with your brother, leave the worship. It's better you just leave the worship and be reconciled with your brother, then come and worship out of a pure, true heart. That's what God wants. That's what Jesus is saying. (coughs) Talking about maybe righteous anger. There was this woman was taking her time browsing through everything at a friend's yard sale, and said to her, My husband is going to be very angry that I stopped at a yard sale. Oh, I'm sure he'll understand when you tell him about all the bargains you found, her friend replied. Normally, yes, she said. But he has broke his leg, and he's waiting for me to take him to the hospital to have it set. I think sometimes we can get angry. Um, but it's how we respond. Don't harbor it. Don't let it take root. Don't react negatively. See, there are different ways that we can, that we try to prevent outbursts from happening. See, we might just sit down and think it through. Um, That's good. But do it prayerfully. See, but too many times we try to get even and do something bad to the person. You see, there was this couple who was discussing anger in their marriage. The husband said to his wife, When I get mad at you, you never fight back. How do you control your anger? She replied, I clean the toilet. How does that help? I clean it with your toothbrush. <laughs> so let's not get even. That's not the right response. This may sound like a joke, but folks, this is real. If you're trying to get revenge, if you've taken up an offense, it is sin. It may sound like a joke, but what are we doing that makes no sense either? That's just nasty of what we do. You see, Jesus doesn't leave it with just anger. He includes name-calling. Sirachah means empty, senseless, empty-headed man. Have you ever heard, you airhead, that's raka. You idiot, raka. You goober, raka. It's not for us. Danger of judgment. What about thou fool? The Greek word is moros, which means stupid. Have we called someone stupid? Danger of hellfire. That's where the word moron comes from. What a moron. What a f- danger of hellfire. Life is serious. Look at what anger can do when we don't even think about it. There's a spark of anger goes in, and you moron! I'm guilty for hellfire, according to Jesus' teaching. Watch your words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words break my heart. You see, love does not call people bad names. In essence, to be real honest, what we're showing them is we have pride. We're better than they are. Stop the killing spree. According to Jesus, we're killing Killing sprees shock us with the cruelty of human life. Yes, how often do we engage in our own killing sprees, mentally murdering those with whom we are angry? Jesus himself calls us to stop it and to bend over backwards to make things right with others. That's what he's teaching. Here we go. Also, to attempt to worship while you harbor anger is just is not just useless, it's hypocrisy. Appearing good when i inside, I'm dead men's bones. Anger has killed me too. It's that acid that just eats the vial that it's in. How oh, I said the children of Israel worship God with their sacrifice. Today, God wants a broken and a contrite heart. David understood, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That's where we need to be. Here's some cute little quotes I found, but they are so true. Speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. People who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. So, how do we get to where Jesus wants us to be? Or how do we prevent anger or sin from indwelling in us? First of all, it takes Jesus. That's, that's the number one, is it takes Jesus. And I don't want to give you a step. No, it's just I'll have some points here. I want to illustrate something, how anger and sin... Finally crush us, okay? There was once a famous snake charmer. And his trick was that he taught his giant snake to wrap up around him and, re- and also retreat. He would say, coil. Then the snake would wrap around his body and come up to his face and then he would hiss. Then the snake's charmer would say, retreat. Retreat. Then the snake would uncoil and slither away. And this became such a great trick that he went on tour. And uh, one night, he and the snake went on stage in front of the biggest crowd ever. So he told the snake, coil. And he came up there and did his thing. And he said, retreat. Nothing happened. Again, he said, retreat. Still nothing happened. Retreat. Retreat. And there in front of the biggest crowd ever, he was crushed by the snake to death. Everyone gasped. After the show backstage, a man told a newspaper reporter, I remember when he got the snake. It was just a baby. So small, He could have crushed it in his hand, but he played with it and let it grow. It finally crushed him. We may think that this sin is so innocent, so we play with it. And it grows, and it grows. Next thing we know, we can't get out. It's crushing us. But I want to give you hope. None of you have died yet, okay? So there's hope. Jesus Christ can get you out of that grip, and only Jesus. You can't get out yourself. We are no match for Satan on our own. That evil serpent. We're no match but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's Jesus Christ. will get us out of that coil that is just suffocating us, taking the life of Jesus Christ out of us, heading into eternal damnation. I want to give some points on how to be overcome to avoid being overcome by anger slash sin we're we're talking about anger but it also works for sin don't embrace it flee from all appearances of evil have nothing to do with it don't harbor it don't feed it it will continue to grow I'll also hear, don't nurse it. Don't befriend it. See it as evil. Don't play with it in your mind. Crush it while you still can. Run to Jesus. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. That's how it's done. We crush it. It's over. Light has come in. The darkness fleed. It may sound too simple. But you know, it sounds simple, but I'm going to warn you, it's hard. It takes everything. It takes a total sacrifice of self. I don't know if I'll ever preach that message or not, but there's a title that someone had challenged me on that I should preach on. There are no cheap seats in heaven. Salvation is free, but it costs everything. It takes everything of myself. We are crucified with Christ. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. We're not just going to slide in. God wants us to walk with Him in every sphere of life, everything is His. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When we know someone is struggling, or when we know that someone is living in sin, Are we bearing the burden? Are we bearing with one another in love? Or is it so much easier that, oh, you don't believe what Luke did last night? Is that so much easier? That's not bearing with one another in love. We first go one-on-one if we hear it. Is this true? Be long-suffering with them. Don't condemn them. By the way, I don't know that he did anything last night. And we're gentle, but yet firm. We cannot allow sin to dwell within the church. There's a balance here. But it's how we handle it is what matters. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And with God's help, we can stop the killing spree. Catch your anger before it hurts others. And when you discover others are angry because of you, do your best to make it right. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So whether you're angry, one, so whether you're the angry one or you're the cause of anger, stop it. Uh, sorry, yeah, try to make it right, especially among fellow Christians. Because there's a world that is watching. We're the light of the world. Salt of the earth. They're watching. Isn't it sad that it's been said that the Christians... are the only group that turn against themselves, really. Kill themselves from within. Emotionally, spiritually. Pride. So what if you knew that Jesus is coming tomorrow. Is there something you would need to make right? Be a quick forgiver and a quick repenter. Stop the killing spree let's show Napanee a better way. I've said it before, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is worth harboring, hiding, and go to hell for, because that is eternal. Never, ever, Stops. Never, ever repentance. It is over. But if we're a broken and a contrite heart, we repent, we have beauty, glory, joy beyond compare such a vast difference between the two sides? Is this bickering, trying to look good, worth hell? Can we not just stop it and love? Stop talking behind each other's back. It's an abomination to God. Sowing discord among brethren. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you. for your words today. Thank you that I could be a vessel for you. Father, all honor and glory is for you. Father, speak to each one's heart. Where there is anger, unresolved bitterness, sin, Where there is not a broken and a contrite heart before you, Lord. May you convict them right now. And that they would choose not to leave these doors. That they would not go through these doors. Without giving it to you and finding freedom. The freedom that is only found in you, Jesus. Because you have promised, you have come, that we might have life and to have it more abundantly. And since you are here in us, working in us and through us, we can enjoy that abundant life. Father, we thank you. Give us each a desire to remain enveloped in you, Lord. Just bless each one, Lord. You know the love I have for each one. Knowing I would just like to fix all the problems, but it doesn't work that way. So Father, Father, help me not to become angry. Help me not to become impatient. Just help us, Lord, that we can truly show forth your love. That they may know that we are your disciples because we have love one to another. May our life be a ministry of love. And it's only found in you, Lord. Help us to stay focused on you for your kingdom, for your honor, and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.